Welcome to the LHA Church Podcast. This is Jerry Galloway, and I'm the pastor of LHA Church. Thanks for joining us today. I pray this blesses you, strengthens your faith to know that God is working in your life. Enjoy the message. Chronicles 7. Jesus, Jesus, all week long in preparation for today, I have been asking of the Lord in this passage, we've been in this passage for the last few weeks. Look at the passage with me, Second Chronicles 7 and 14. If my people never forget who you are, never forget who he's created you to be. Second Peter says, once we were not a people, but now we have become the people of God. We know it well in the words of the old song, Amazing Grace, once I was lost, but now I'm found. Once I was blind, now I see. Everything about this passage is very personal. In fact, look at verse 13. Let's let's actually begin in verse 11, I'm sorry. When Solomon finished the temple of the Lord and the royal palace, and he had succeeded in carrying out all that he had in mind to do in the temple of the Lord and in his own palace, verse 12, the Lord appeared to him at night, and God said, God is speaking, God has always been speaking, God is still speaking today. He said, I've heard your prayer. That's important for some of you to know today. Sometimes you feel like the Father is not listening. You feel like no one's listening to the prayer of your heart. God said to Solomon, I have heard your prayer, and I have chosen this place for myself as a temple for sacrifices, a place of worship. Verse 13. Notice this part. This is very important. When I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain... Or command locusts to devour the land or to send a plague among my people. You'll notice that we, when we normally read verse 14, we, we think that it is in reference to the world and what's going on in the world today. And though that can relate, that's not his point. Verse 13, he said, if I shut up the heavens, notice who's doing it. God says, if I shut up the heavens, and if I send the locusts to devour the things I've given you. We, we have to understand this is not um, God, God is doing this. Sometimes we blame the devil for the difficult things that happen in our life. There are times God will allow things to happen, but never forget he has a purpose. God never comes to a place, God does not get joy out of sending the locusts in your life. God does not get joy out of shutting up the heavens so that there is no rain. Rain represents provision. It is, rain is a source. God gets no joy out of doing that. He says, when I shut up the heavens so there's no rain, notice this, or I command the locust. God has command of it all. I command the locusts to devour the land or send a plague among my people. Jesus. Give me the words today, Father. When that happens, he says in verse 14, if my people. 
who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven, I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. All week long, um, I'll be honest with you, I have in 30, almost 33 years of full-time ministry, I've preached from this passage I, I, innumerable times. This week when I was preparing for today, I, I kept coming to that line, if my people which are called by my name will humble themselves and pray. And I, I'll be honest with you, I, I have heard sermons on prayer, I have read books on prayer, you have heard sermons on prayer, you've read books on prayer, we've talked about prayer, but I, I kept saying, God, this has got to be more than you just wanting us to do action. I'm like, Father, help me get to the heart, help me get to the motivator behind this. There's more that he desires for, from prayer for us than just um, an action step in your life or a going through the motion. Here's what's happened is God's people, and actually where we were going to spend our time, and, and uh, I'm just going to reference this area, we jump ahead to 2 Chronicles 20 and we find King Jehoshaphat and we find that there has been um, sin. Uh, there has been, Jehoshaphat had aligned himself with King Ahab, which Ahab was one of the most evil and ruthless kings in Israel's history. And Jehoshaphat early on had aligned himself with him. And we find in chapter 20 that uh, there is a rebuke that comes from the seer uh, the, the prophet, the man of God, brings a word uh, to Jehoshaphat. And Jehoshaphat, there's a turning. Wow, that's, that's the right word. There is a turning that took place in his life. This is all about a turning. This is about I was going this way and now I'm going this way. This is all about God getting his people back to him. And so we find in 2 Chronicles 20, what happens is uh, the armies of Moab and Amnon and Mount Seir, they all come. In fact, it is described, we'll not take time to go there today and read the passage, but what we find is one of the advisors to King Jehoshaphat has come to him and said, there is a vast army that's coming against us. They're on their way here, and they have come to destroy us. The Bible says in that passage in chapter 20 of 2 Chronicles, says Jehoshaphat, of course, as you can understand, was alarmed. But it says that he was alarmed, but he determined to inquire of the Lord, to pray. I would tell you the first step in coming back, the first step in change is comes through prayer. God does not say in this passage in verse 14 of Second Chronicles 7, if my people will humble themselves and pray and seek my face. Actually, the, the phrase there, uh, seek my face, my face is a prolific term that is used in the Hebrew and it has many meanings, and one of the prominent meanings of seek my face is seek my presence. God is not wanting us just to get in the, the routine and the motion. There are people all over the world today that are praying, but they're praying to false gods. It is not the action of prayer that God is looking for from our lives. God is everything. When you read this passage in, in 2 Chronicles 7, everything is about God trying to get his people back to him. 
In fact, when, when things transpire in Genesis, it's, it's this journey. It is this uh, pursuing we never think, we, we often think of, we are the ones that pursue God. I would tell you, God, since the beginning has been pursuing you. Jesus said, behold, I stand at the door of your life and I knock. If any man will hear my voice, he took the first step. You and I didn't choose one day to accept him and get saved. He, thank God, by grace chose us. He pursued us. And our response back to him was nothing more than responding back to his beckoning call to us. Everything God has been doing since the outset of time is about trying to get us back. And when God, listen, when God, when the scripture says when he shuts up the heavens or he sends the locusts or he does those things, it's all about getting us back because sometimes that's the only thing that'll get our attention. He's trying to woo us back. It is, only, it is only an almighty and all-knowing God that knows what it takes to get us back to him. But when he's doing it, listen, he's, doing, he's wooing us. So when he says, they'll humble themselves and pray and seek my face, it's not so you just have something to do. God wants you to pray because it opens the line of communication with you and God. It opens up relationship between you and God the Father. You see, prayer is not about a duty, but prayer is about relationship. God doesn't care about. He said, it's the He said, I don't get any joy out of your sacrifices. I want your heart. That's right. That's right. Amen. All week long I kept saying, Lord, what what is it behind? What is it behind? What's the motivator behind praying and seeking my face? I will tell you this, we, we are so blessed with the, um, the armament that God has given to us of prayer. I will tell you this, his motivator here is to get us back. But I will tell you in the process of it being a motivator, one of the greatest gifts that's been ever given to the church is the power of prayer. I, I, one passage I want to share with you, Second uh, Corinthians 10 and verse 3 says, Though we live in this world, we do not wage war as the world does. For the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have a divine power to demolish, I like that word, to demolish strongholds. So when we talk about prayer, I will tell you, yes, it is his wooing, but in the process of wooing, there is a power that comes and that is afforded to the church. I would tell you, the greatest influence the church can have is not a bumper sticker on your car, but the greatest influence the church can have is when we get on our knees and we begin to pray and we begin to seek God for our beloved nation. That's the greatest thing that the church can do for America. There is a power and an arsenal that's been given. I will tell you, it's in the spirit of humility. Last week we talked about humility, it's in the spirit of humility. That it brings us to a place of prayer. Prayer enacts God's hand in your life like nothing else will do. Prayer is our relational communication with God. God is trying to woo you. When you see... Uh, exhortation and encouragement after encouragement after encouragement in the word of God to pray. He is not trying to get you to do something else in life. He wants you. And if he has you, prayer comes. Prayer is about the relationship 
For the, many of you, I, I have been blessed in my lifetime to be around some really incredible people. Um, you're at the top of the list. I, my life has been blessed by you. I, am, I, I have lived a rich life because of the people that God has placed around me. But I will tell you, most of you, I am acquainted with you. I fear that in the church of America today, we are acquainted with God. We like God. Um, I will tell you, I told you last week, it's been heavy on my heart. I love you. I love you all. I, I love you. But the truth is, I love you. But most of you, I, I haven't talked to in the last week. Um, some of you, honest truth, I, I see you on Sunday morning, we pass by, or I'm on the platform and I see you at a distance, but some of you, it's been weeks, probably some of you months since you and I have had a uh, uh, face-to-face conversation. I love you, though. Mm. You and I are connected, but we are acquainted. You see, the relationship I have with you, the, the only way I'm, it's the only example I know to give, the, the connection and the relationship I have with you is so much different than the relationship and the connection I have with my wife. You see, you and I are acquainted, my wife and I are bonded. There's not a day that goes by she and I don't talk. You know, Paul and I have a different perspective. Being the fact she works here with me, some of you have never experienced this, and, and some of you wouldn't want to experience this. For, for us, it is, it is really a joy. Paul and I uh, get up in the same house. We get in the same car. We drive. We work together every day. We are, there are very few hours in a day when we're not in the same proximity to one another. And we, we have been all these years and we haven't killed each other yet. <laughs> there is this bond though. Imagine for a moment if Paula and I had decided April uh, 7, 1990 to get married and to live our lives acquainted acquainted. I will tell you this. Uh, she can walk in a room and she doesn't even have to say anything. And I can tell you what's going on on the inside. The same way. There, there's so many times she'll say, what's wrong? And I'll say, I use the, the, the husband phrase, nothing. That's not like fine. Women, when women say fine, that means you're in trouble probably before the day's over. Usually, a lot of times, a man will say nothing, and it's, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to delve there. I don't want to go there. Nothing, nothing. And my wife, she's so, she, she has so much, she'll look at me, and she'll go, you aren't telling the truth. <laughs> What's wrong? Oh, nothing, nothing. Everything's, everything's fine. Everything will be okay. So what happened? Because she knows there's something wrong. Let me tell you, most of you, you and I are acquainted. So let's say you and I went and we sat down for lunch and you thought maybe I was a little off and and you said, what's wrong? And I would say nothing. We'd just go right on because you really don't know because we're just acquainted. I fear that, friends, we have we've become more acquainted with the Father than bonded to Him. Why would He say, if my people which are called by name will humble themselves, pray, and seek my face? Why would He say that? Because He wants to be bonded with you. He wants to be bonded. That's why He used the phrase, when you read the Bible, um, I love reading plans, but be careful if you get on a reading plan that you just blow through so that I got in my chapter or my two chapters for the day. Be careful you don't blow through important things in the scriptures. 
It's very important when he says, if my people, that's a bonding, that's a, that's a connection point. If my people, he even said this, if my people who are called by my name. You see, what happened when Paul and I got married, she was a wood and she became a Galloway. She took on my name. She took on Though she's the same person, she took on a new identity. There, uh, I have a wedding ring on today. She has a wedding ring on because there is a bonding that took place. He said, if my people who are called by my name, we took on a new identity. The New Testament says, if any man be in Christ, he's what? A new creation. That happened when Jesus Christ came. We took on a new identity. He doesn't, though, want you just to have a new identity and merely only be acquainted with you. He wants to bond with you. And so when the Father says, I may send locusts, I may send this, I may send that, I'm trying to get your attention because I want to woo you. I want to be bonded to you. I want to be more than just acquainted with you. You see, when we're acquainted, uh, if I were to get in a, in a situation, a difficult situation, I could call some of you, and you are great people, and you would come along beside me, but there would be something different um, have you ever had somebody around you, uh, and, and you were in a difficult time, and you're holding back tears, uh, and, and you're just trying to keep your composure? Uh, actually, I used to have this in my life with my mother. I, I, I would keep my composure around everybody else, and my mother, she had this ability. There were mom powers. My mom would look at me, and she'd go, what's wrong? And as soon as she did, it was, I mean, just, you know, I had done so good, but my mother, there was a bonding. I, 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 I say all the time, there, there's a difference in father and their children and the mother and their children, because though you grow up, the umbilical cord is still there, <laughs> still connected. She would look at me, and she'd say, what's wrong? And I would, listen, I kept my composure for everybody else because they were acquainted with me, but when I got with somebody who was bonded, oh, it just began to pour out. Oh, that's what God wants for you. God was, doesn't want you and I to go through life just holding back and holding back and holding back and holding back. He wants you just to pour it out. He wants to be that for you. He wants to be that bonded source in your life. He doesn't want you and I just to be... Oh, Jesus, there's the words. He doesn't want you to be called Christian and that be the title. He wants you to be a people called by his name. You see, with him, Christian is only acquainted. When we're called by his name, we're bonded. There's more there. There's more there to that, that, that thought and that point. God doesn't want to just be acquainted with you anymore. God doesn't want to just be at a distance. You, we talked some time back about during the Old Testament times, God was always at a distance with the children of Israel. He was on Mount Sinai, and then came the tabernacle, and he was in the Holy of Holies, and the people couldn't go in. There was this, there was this division. There was this separation between God and the people. The priests once a year would go in and he would go in on behalf of the others and then once that they stopped their traveling then there was a temple that was set up and, and the, the holy of holies was there and the mercy seat and God's presence and, and still yet once a year the, the high priest would go in and he would sacrifice he would sacrifice for the sins of the people it was really an acquainted relationship but when Jesus oh thank Jesus when Jesus came to die on the cross he came to break the cycle of, of being acquainted and he brought us into a place with the father we could be bonded because Jesus presence went into the holy of holies and he tore the veil that separated God and man and he says, now I want to be bonded with you. He says, I want to be bonded with you no longer at a distance, no longer acquainted, no longer separated. He said, I want to be with you. You can come into my presence. That's why the New Testament says boldly, come into the God's presence. Boldly come to the throne of grace. 
Everything in the Old Testament was God at a distance. Everything in the New Testament is God here. Jesus. So when he would say and he would give the challenge and he would give the words, if my people which are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, it was all about being bonded with you. Prayer can take on so many facets in our life. I don't know about you, but sometimes when... Are, are, are there days you're just in a really, really good mood? You know what I mean? You're just, wow, everything's, everything's great. On those days, your prayers may be praise. You may be going through the day, Lord, you are so good. And I thank you for the sunshine. And I thank you for the white clouds. And I thank you for the birds that are singing. And I thank you for the food that I'm eating. I thank you for the car I'm riding in. Thank you for the house I slept in last. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. It's such a good day. How many of y'all know not every day is like that, though? Some days your prayers... Oh, Lord, how am I going to make it out of this? How, how, in fact, there, sometimes, last night, um, when Bill Sr. called me and told me the news that they had lost their son in the evening, after I got off the phone, I was sitting in the living room on the couch and I'll be honest with you, I, I said, Lord, I, I, I don't even know what to pray. I, I just can't begin to fathom. I can't even begin to fathom what they must be going through right now. And that's really the cool thing about God. Because sometimes our prayer is, I don't know what to do. In fact... Second Chronicles 20, where we were going to go this morning, he said, we don't know what to, King Jehoshaphat, when they came, said, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. We're looking your way. We're looking your way. He just wants you. That's all it's about. That's all it's about. You know, one of the things... Um, that uh, I told you, Paul and I, in 32 years of marriage, have been through all kinds of things. And one of the things sometimes, and you'll be able to relate to this, if you're married, um, you may be able to relate to it if you're not married, but especially if you're married, there are times when, when uh, my wife would, would say things, and I'm, I'm like, man, I can't figure this out. Guys, you ever not been able to figure it out? Come on. You big sissies, you're afraid she's sitting by you, you're afraid to say it. <laughs> It's like, she's saying something, but I'm not getting it. <laughs> and after us deliberating for a while, any of you guys ever had the deer in the headlights look? <laughs> it's like, I know there's a problem, but I don't know what it is, and it's probably my fault. <laughs> After a while of me trying to figure it out, she'd say, you know what? All I really need is for you to come over here and just hug me. We try so many things when God is saying, stop all of the striving. Just get over here and hug me. God just wants to be with you. So, listen, if you've struggled in prayer, Father just wants to be bonded to you. He's, he's not trying to put a burden on you to bear. He just wants to be bonded with you. But there's so many times, I'll be honest with you, I get so busy in life that I bond myself to other things. You can bond yourself to a job. You can bond yourself to people. You can bond yourselves to inanimate objects. 
we put all of our strength and all of our energy and all of our effort into those things. And God is saying, I just want you to come over here. You know, listen, he is, he is the God of the universe. He has all power. The truth is, God does not need me. God existed before I was ever created. He chose to create me, and I'm thankful that he did. I chase after so many things. And when I look at the God, I think, God, you are some strong power that you don't need me. You don't. You're fine without me. And he takes us back to Genesis. And he says, you know what? When I created them in the garden, I was with them in the garden. Something about you, something about me, that God wants to be with us. That's what this call for prayer is about. And so if you've been striving to make prayer happen, I want to encourage you to try to switch mental gears and get out of the striving and just make it about a love relationship. You know, the truth is, I can't tell you the fulfillment that comes in my life to be able to sit down with my wife and just talk. You, you know what I'm talking about? How many of you, when you're around other people, you kind of put on fronts a little bit? You know what I mean? I, you, don't, you don't lay all your laundry out for everybody to see. But the really cool thing that I've experienced with Paula is I can lay all the laundry out. And I don't have to worry about judgment. I don't have to worry about anything. I can just be myself. That comes to the relationship. God wants you to stop holding back and just settle into a love relationship with Him. That's it. So when you read 2 Chronicles 7 and 14, Next week, Lord willing, we're going to head into the last part of Turn From Their Wicked Ways. All of this, all of this, the humbling ourselves, all of this is about being His, being bonded to God. So when you read it, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, pray and seek my face, just know God wants to be with you and that's what it's about. Everything else had separated them. God says, I want us to come back together again. I think that's what he had for me to tell you today. I'll be honest with you, I struggled all week. (laughs) I I, I was striving (laughs) this week. I'm like, there's got to be something else. Some deep truth in the Hebrew that just I can expound on. And I think actually what God brought me here to tell you today is this. He just wants to be with you. He just wants to be. If you're watching online and in this house, I'm going to ask you for the next moment if you would just bow your head. And in doing so, we're just going to talk to him today. I don't, I don't know the status of your relationship with him, and I would, not, I would not try to sit in the seat to determine what that is. But I will tell you this today. I do believe every one of us in this room, we know whether we're acquainted with him or whether we're bonded with him. And I would tell you that there are some seasons in your life where you feel more acquainted than you do bonded. And there are definitely some seasons you have experienced more of a bonding with Him than an acquaintance. 
with your heads bowed, I ask you to bow your heads this morning. Honestly, it's just really more of an act of humility and humbling on our part. He loves you. God sent me here today to tell you that He loves you. He has never stopped loving you. He has never, ever stopped in His desire to be bonded with you. He has never relinquished that desire to be bonded with you. God has always wanted to be close to you. And after He opened up the holy place, He has desired that you would come into His presence. Come into His presence. Pray. Come into His presence. Seek my presence, He said. That's all He desires of you. He's not looking for works from you. He's not looking for a list of do's and don'ts from you. He just wants to be bonded. The Father wants to be bonded with you as His people. Father, today as we're in this place, our hearts, our hearts are in a place of humility before You. And Father, in this place today, our hearts are in a place of humility before You because we declare, Lord, that we need You. We need You ever so much. There's not a day of my life that I live that I don't need you more. I need you more than yesterday. I need you more than the air I breathe. I need you more. Lord, I believe you are standing at the door of our hearts today and you are knocking on the door and you're just waiting on us to come in. You're waiting on us to come into your presence. You're waiting on us to come, to let you in and to have relationship. Lord, I pray today for those who have walked through years and years of prayer, feeling like it's a list of things that they had to accomplish. I pray in the name of Jesus, that spirit would be broken off of you. I pray in the name of Jesus, you would be set free so that you could walk in a bonding relationship with the Father, that you could lay down the list, you could lay down the effort, and you could just sit back in the presence of the Father and be bonded with Him. Lord, would you help us today? I'm so sorry, Lord, for the times that I've been bonded to other things. I'm so sorry that I've been bonded to other things and just was okay to be merely acquainted with you. In the name of Jesus, we return to you today. We take the words, if my people will pray and seek my presence. Lord, today we set our hearts to seek you. We set our hearts to fall in love with you. We set our hearts today to return to the place of our first love. Oh, Lord Jesus, as you woo us, I pray we will have a responsive heart. You said through the prophet Ezekiel, you would give us a heart that would long us to serve you. Lord, I pray today you would give us that heart. I pray you would give us the desire. God, give us the desire to seek you. Give us the desire. Oh, in the name of Jesus, I pray in the name of Jesus, today would be a day of returning, a day of returning back to you and being bonded with I need you more. I need you more than yesterday. I need you more. And in fact, Lord, there are not enough words in the English language to declare how much I need you.
Lord, as you are wooing us and you're calling us, as you have always been, you have been on a journey with humanity since the beginning of pursuing us. I pray God will respond to your pursuing. Help us, I pray. Help us to return to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Paul, if you come to the keyboard, uh, I need you more. I want to close with this last thought to give you. There are times when the Holy Spirit prompts things in my spirit, even as I'm praying, and I feel like it's important. Sometimes we wonder, what does this look like? What does this bonding with him look like? Paula has often told the story of a man when he would sit down to read his Bible and to pray, that he would go into a room and he would set a chair and he would sit in the chair. And in front of him, he would set another chair that was facing him. And so when he would have devotional time or prayer time, it was about sitting down with a father. For many years, this man did the same routine. He would go in and he would sit down in his room and he would sit in his chair and directly across from him would be the other chair. Many years had gone by. One day the gentleman went into his room to be alone with God. After many hours had passed, his family noticed him not out of the room. And so they went to inquire of him. When they walked in the room... They found that the man had passed away. But when they saw him, he was bent over in his chair with his face and arms in the other chair. And he died in the arms of the Father. So when I say to you, God wants to be bonded with you, that's the thing I'm talking about. Not that I got my reading plan and I strummed through it. But if it's just me and him. And we sit down. I talk to him. He talks to me. And we're bonded. I've often thought of that story and thought, I can't think of a better way to leave this life and to go into the next. How prepared, how prepared this man was. He spent his life bonded with the Father only to lay down this tent. Hmm. When I die... I don't care if people know what I have or don't have. When I die, I just want to be known as somebody that laid in the lap of the Father. He wants to be bonded with you. I need you more. Yes, I do. More than yesterday, I need you more. More than words can say, I need you more than ever before. I need you, Lord. I need you. Would you sing those words? I need you more. I need you more. 
Jesus, and I declare over your life that you will be filled with an insatiable desire, an insatiable thirst to be bonded with God the Father. I speak over you that you will have a heart for the first love in your life like you've never had before. I pray you will be so impatient and impassionate in a love relationship with God that it will be more than people think you should have or is necessary to be a Christian. In the name of Jesus, may you be sold out. May you step over the line of normality. May your life be characterized with passion for God. May your heart hunger for God above anything else on this earth. May you, may you have a hunger for God more than any person or thing on this earth. May you be filled with an undying love for God. May the affection of your heart be dominated with a love for God. May he be first and foremost in your life. May you lay down the things of this earth to pick up him and him alone. May you be eternally bonded with 
the heavenly Father. I speak these words of blessing over you, knowing that there is power in our tongue. And I speak these words over you, and may they be fulfilled not just in your ears, but in your life. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, may it be so in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Today is a supernatural day. Something has changed. Something has changed inside of some of you. You're never going to be the same. Mundane Christianity will not characterize your life. Average Christianity will not characterize your life. An impassioned people for a living God will characterize your daily life. May He bless you and may He keep you. May His face, His presence, shine on you and give you favor all the days of your life in Jesus name I love y'all I pray God's very best in your life this week some of y'all are going to be different this week than you were last week never again the same in Jesus name God bless y'all God bless you